back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. Oh, how's it going? And Forty. All right, all right, all right. And Ham. It's Dilly. And your host, Hamish. If you hear any chewing noises, direct your angst at Forty tonight. It's not me. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's start it off. Got off the duck egg. No more Owen jokes. The Eels triumphant over Penrith. 17 to 16, and extra time field goal being the difference. And I have to say, it was a nice, um, a much nicer setup than uh, what we attempted against uh, the Melbourne Storm uh, the last couple of weeks. So I guess uh, field goals had been in the training program for the last three weeks. We still really buggered it up. We we almost did as well. Yeah, there was one pass to Moses on like play three, Third. I think it was, and he's like, yeah. what, "What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, and because he, he, he pointed the other way towards, I think he wanted it on the fourth when you actually watch it. Because he points towards the post. I remember watching it from behind. And then it got to him and he was like, nah, I don't want it. Straight to Dury. And then that's when he got Reg to take that last hit up, which was fantastic. Reg in that set was unbelievably good. He couldn't even come over and uh, congratulate Moses because he was so tanked from just that last <laughs> run. Um, yeah, he put everything out on the table and he's going to have to do it for the next two weeks at least um, with Junes out. But let's just run through some stats first. So... Um, all runs 216 to Penrith 209. We outgained them by about 30 metres. We outgained them by about almost 100 post-contact metres. Penrith had two line breaks to one. They had 32 tackle breaks to our 12. Average set distance, Penrith got an extra two metres. And they had more kick return metres. Average play the ball speed, almost one second difference. Penrith 2.98 seconds, us 3.73, which is outs- astounding. Not outstanding, astounding. <laughs> Uh, then looking at kick meters, Moses, he gets the record now for a single game and the total kick meters were 1100. We forced two dropouts to one kick defusal, 94%. And even Wanga had, uh, he had the sticky stuff on his fingers, uh, effective tackle percentage. We had 88% to Penrith 93. We made 361 tackles to Penrith 441. We missed 32 to Penrith 12, 17 ineffective tackles each. Penrith had seven errors to our three. We conceded six penalties to the Penrith seven, one ruck infringement to Penrith's two, two players on the report to Penrith's one. Both had a sin bin each. And we had the one HIA, which I think was two. Who got the HIA? Yeah, Hopgood. Um, all right, boys. Obviously, getting it done, uh, getting out an eight-point lead, having it clawed back, eight-point lead clawed back, but then coming in clutch uh, right at the end. Um, I'll start with you, Bertie. What are your thoughts? Mate, completion rate was like chef's kiss. Like, I can't I can't think of a game where we we completed that high. And it's not like as if we played safe football. We, you know, we're offloading it. We, you know, we're throwing it around a bit. Like, I just, I don't, like... You know, we that's why I wasn't so um, uh, panicked after the first three weeks. Like, we're 0 and 3. Like, we're in each game and and we're completing at what high? No, no, sorry, we're clear, completing at low 60%. If we got up to the bare minimum 80%, we win every single one of those games, you know, and we're 3 and 0 and people are talking to us to be, about being the real deal. So, you know, to complete those sets, you know, it's it's a, it's a great um return and um respond a response for the club. Um, yeah, I just I just thought, you know, we worked so hard. Like, you look at Junior and Reg, they just worked their backside off. And then you look on the opposition, um, you know, Bishop Harris, the fake tough guy, acting all tough in defense, he barely ran the ball at all. Between him and... I saw somewhere, between him and Leota, they ran for 100 meters between them. And um, we ran... Our two props ran for 500 between them. Like, I get I get Penrith, their game style is... um Their, their outside backs help them. But what are you paying their forwards for? They do nothing. They only offer in defense. And even then, they weren't even... Doing doing much at all. Like if you're paying them to be to be defenders, they didn't stop Junior or Reg. Uh Reg oh not sorry, Reg. Um Madison, man. Oh he's just I know I was a bit off him, you know, I said there's nothing he can do that can be forgiven, but <laughs> he put he put he put a right foot forward and yeah, he didn't he didn't let us down. But um yeah, it was a good game from everyone really. I can't find someone who had a bad game. Even Brad Arthur using the bench. Jesus, like everyone got a everyone got a should get a pay, a pay rise. Yeah, in terms of the pure quality of the contest between the two teams, this is going to be a difficult game to unseat for all other clubs in terms of game of the year. This was Mate, there was already another one to, uh, a day afterwards. <laughs> game of the century. What the Battle of Brisbane? Yeah, the Wrestle Wrestlewania. <laughs> as it was <laughs> uh, yes, well, that was entertaining. Well, I mean, I suppose entertaining. It had a, a crazy finish due to a hobbled winger and a really poor kick from a uh, not disgrace, but you know, sort of trash. Trash heap halfback there in Milford, but the game between the Eels and Panthers was played at an insane standard, and it's what we've come to expect between these two teams. And 
I was just saying to some boys on the weekend, if the NRL could book these two teams every week in the regular season, they would do it because it is just dynamite. Whenever these two teams meet, the standard is just insane. The plays are incredible, and it always goes down to the final 10 minutes. And in this case, it wasn't even the final 10 minutes. We had to go to extra time where, you know, Mitchell Moses rose the occasion fantastically. And the way the Eels conducted themselves in that golden point set was just really encouraging to see. Going into extra time a man down is, you know, psychologically so difficult. And yet the Eels, I mean, to be fair, the simmon that followed was a bit of a, like, not, not like the junior polo call needed to be squared up in terms of uh, we got hard done by a junior, clearly needed to be marched for that. It was more a case of let's get this game back to parity. So the Eels got that go their way. But they see and something. And even, you know, even if Mitch Kenny was on the field, does does no, he do much in that no, set? Because the way the Eels played that set, we didn't try and get expansive. Yeah. You know, he, he does not, he doesn't make a difference there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, like surely they're fresh forwards, as Bertie pointed out. They're they're purely for tackling the Penrith forwards. If they were going to stop Reg, one of the, their forwards are going to stop Reg, not not a scrubby number nine. Hmm. <laughs> that number nine that a lot of the fans felt might have been better for the team to not have on the field. They they're not not in a healthy relationship with Mitch Kenny, unfortunately, over there at Penrith. No, uh, Penrith fans at work they are they are not happy at all. And as we've been saying, a lot was made of the losses of the Parramatta Eels in the off season and. There is no doubt that losing Isaiah Papali'i, Maradonia Kore, Ray Stone, all those other players certainly made things difficult for Parramatta when it came to aiming up this year. But you take out Viliami Kiko and Api Sikorosau out of that team, and they, they are two mammoth holes you're trying to fill. And Luke Garner and uh, Mitch Kenny slash Sony Luke, really just, you can't recreate those players that have lost in the aggregate there. And we saw that in this game. Api Sikorosau would have been huge in this game. Ditto for Viliami Kiko. But the Eels, too good on the day. And it was such a fascinating dichotomy between the two teams, Parramatta's forwards rising to win that rock, but Penrith's back, uh, Penrith's back, sorry, doing such an outstanding job to keep their forwards uh, or to relieve their forwards of that lost battle. So really, really interesting to see. We got to see the Parramatta spine starting to gel. Uh, Josh Hodgson, I know he got credit for a lot of missed tackles, but he was trying to lay the wood down in defense, trying to lead the uh, tempo defensively there. And then you had the rookie come in and Brendan Hens. I mean, I know there's been more spectacular debuts in Parramatta history, but what a fantastic all-round debut from the young man. Coming into this game, there was no way the Eels had a budget for him to play 40-plus minutes, including Golden Point against the reigning premiers. But I don't know if Josh Hodgson got nicked up or if there was just a, you know something that happened in that game, but they trusted him, and he repaid the faith, scored a crucial try, uh, played really well defensively. I think he made 28 tackles, zero missed. That was what he was credited, to, credited with at one point. Uh, and in Golden Point, there was that one little error, or not error, but miscommunication you boys talked about, but he got the job done. So incredible all-around team performance. I love that the entirety of the bench made a difference. We've been begging for this for so long. And while the numbers aren't incredible for them, boys, you could just see the impact in the actual game itself. Greg, Makatoa, Hans, Dury. Obviously, Dury's uh, impact was very obvious in the way he set up that try for Brendan Hands. But yeah, fantastic team effort, and that's what it takes to beat the Panthers. Perhaps the um, the rugby league truism, he's playing t- so well that you can't take him off, um, is what happened with hands on Friday night. Mm, could be. Going with uh, the, the hot hands? Um, now to a hot ham. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I, I said it last week's pod, straight direct, complete the set. Maybe we just incompleted two sets this week. And look, we beat the best team of the past three. I know, I understand Penrith have lost 12 times over the past three years. Four of those are against Parramatta, so we're not. It's not unusual for us to beat Penrith in the regular season, but to still beat Penrith like takes an almighty effort. And you know, I, I think you're talking about pay rises. I, I think the club should flick some my way because it's it's so, rugby league is a very simple game. Watch played by simple people. Watch by simple people. It's you, you complete, especially this team. This team's built around an attacking forward pack, so you got to hold the ball. You, we don't want Reg to defend. We don't want Junior to defend. You know, as good as Maddo and Hopgood are at defending, like you don't want them defending. You want the hands in. You want their ball, their ball in their hands. Like it's <laughs> just, every time I hear hands now, it just it feels like a, someone's trying to make a pun, even though they're yeah, not. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of Maddo, like I, I was a bit worried with him on the edge, um, but to show his class again, full eighty-three minutes. I liked it. I really enjoyed it where you brought Dury on, you brought that energy, the line running, 
the bit of speed that Dury brings, whereas Maddo's just a work like really good work rate forward, whereas Dury brought that something different, which opened, you know, had two really, really good runs here, Dury. One, he broke through and made 20 metres, I think, and then one obviously setting up uh, Will Penasini there to eventually set up Brendan Hands. But I, I did like that. Um, coming off the ACL, I think Dury probably needs a bit more time. Not an 80-minute player as yet. I think 20 to 30 minutes is probably his um, his go at the moment. So I really liked that. Um, I, th- I still think, you know, I think we were saved that Jermaine got the HIA because he just is relentless in everything. He needs a break. If he can get that's around 70 minutes a week, I think that's probably where he needs to sit. Uh, Makatoa, probably his best, you'd have to say his best game coming off the bench for Parramatta. Yeah, definitely. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then from now, I'm not going to put, shit on anyone because uh, you know it's a fantastic win I've never I haven't screamed that loud uh, since the semi-final <laughs> when we beat the Cowboys last year I was just luckily there was no one next to me that their eardrums would have burst um, but just just incredible game of football and it's really disappointing that those in the in the mainstream media have missed out on it evidently because they're not talking about how good the football was they're talking about one play in a in probably the best regular season NRL match I've ever watched. It was a fantastic game, and to be there was, you know, as heartbreaking as the Nathan Cleary field goal was. It's bloody beautifully struck. One, uh, uh, you summed it up perfectly, Ham. Like that, it was a shame, too, that because it was a, a Thursday night game, our fourth of the uh, four, five, first five games, we have four Thursday night games, crazy, but the, the, the crowd couldn't be commiserate with what it should have been otherwise it would have been a sellout if it was in a better time slot uh, but yeah. I mean the energy from the crowd was fantastic even when the Panthers you, you felt they would have sucked the life out of the stadium after that Curry field goal uh, they rallied fantastically for Golden Point and the team lifted on the back of it such a huge team performance just individually I mean we've mentioned a few players here the front row was incredible both Reg and Junior I mean their numbers are actually superhuman by the way 255 minutes for Reg 244 for June June's per run rate too is just, I mean, Reg's as well. They're over 10 metres per run. Like that efficiency at that like sort of that output amount and like- is just insane. Uh, Gaffo was outstanding. Uh, but uh, a player I wanted to talk about because, you, I mean, he, he featured in the lead up to a try, but the job he did on another outstanding young centre, Will Penasini, uh, I mean, it's not a breakout year for him, but mm, uh, he is having a really, really good start to this season and, He's not going to play Origin unless there's a ton of injuries because of how stacked that New South Wales backline is. But, geez, he's unlucky that he's so far behind the depth charts there because he is playing some tremendous football. Yeah, I, I said in the chat, I think if um, he was a Queenslander, he'd be in their squad. But New South Wales seem intent on picking players out of position and we know how well that goes. And, you know, Freddie Fittler's a bit of a flop at coach, I reckon. I'll just continue with the Penrith Cabal and... Nathan Cleary and New South Wales will lose another um, Origin series. But let's get back to positive things. Um, <laughs> even Wonga Blake and Bailey Simonson were fantastic in this game. Wonga having that one drop from um, a play the ball uh, where he just didn't get it, it right. It didn't um, lead to a mental that, collapse as well. After he had yeah. that drop, I was like, they're going to kick to him and he's going to drop the ball. They kicked to him twice and he caught it twice. So, and both were in heavy traffic. Yeah, as well. on the it goal line as well. Ex- exactly. So. Well done to Wanga. As frustrating as that error was, uh, he managed to rally magnificently. Bowie did tough yards. I mean, this was an entire 17-man performance, wasn't it? You know, just going across the numbers. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Jermaine Hopgood, really, who, by the lofty standards we've already endowed upon him in the first month of football, you know, he, he didn't necessarily dominate the game, but he had 17 runs for 165 metres by a whole stack of tackles. So, yeah, you know... 50-50-something tackles, wasn't it? Yeah, he got the 53 tackles, five missed, admittedly. <laughs> Uh, but he was buying Madison the count who in his first game back 58 tackles two missed that's actually insane for a guy that played edge middle edge against the best team in the competition uh, outstanding but yeah what, what a fantastic team performance Mitchell Moses boot you mentioned it Hamish uh, setting an NRL era record uh, what really doesn't get spoken about for Moses and I know that the commentary team was sort of taking the mickey out of the eels for kicking to Taruva set after set but what really sets Moses apart from almost any kicker if not any kicker is uh, the consistency of his hang time. Uh, it allows the Eels to exploit the downtown rule and allows our kick chase to be like always set without being too exhausted. It's a huge advantage of the Parramatta Eels and it's a real feature of Mitchell Moses' kicking game. 
He just drops it on that 10-meter line. Every, every time after four or five seconds in the air, it's just incredible. It's a bit of a Groundhog Day performance, wasn't that set after set, just placing it back in that um, the Penrith left-hand corner, uh, our right side attacking corner. Um, but they just trusted themselves, didn't they? Even in that final 10 minutes when Penrith were clawing it back, just kept popping it back in that corner, back in that corner, back in that corner, and making Penrith work for it out. Um, I thought it was a really show of faith um, in our own team's processes to get the job done. And as you guys touched on, even when Junior got sent off, uh, well, sorry, got sent, but he probably lucky to not be sent off. Not that it really mattered in the scheme of things, given there was only 10 minutes left to play thereafter. Um, but yeah, they just did the same thing, just cut it up, got the penalty, and um, fortunately they didn't have to put Penrith back in that corner. Bryce Cartwright holding that left edge down on lockdown as well. I mean, he, he has been a revelation yeah. this season. What what a storyline, you know, losing Sean Lane. And yes, the left edge has had to take its medicine in the meantime in terms of getting its defensive chemistry in place. But Bryce Cartwright, wow. Like, this is what. He's, he's, you know, they've always said it about Cardi. He's always had the talent. And you look at his size, he's a big guy. He just needed to put away the silly stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, he can still ruck the ball out because he's, he's such a big player that, you know, he can carry defenders and everything. And that's what he's done. What, 18 runs, 160 odd meters. Like, that's what that's what you know. He's not he's not the line runner that Cardi is. Cardi, uh, I'm not sorry that Laney is. Laney's a very good mm-hmm. hole hitter. Whereas Cardi give him early ball and he'll carry it into the defensive line. That's the, he's he's been one of the better players of uh, the first month or so. Watch Tigers pay 800k a year for him. I'm not disrespecting Cartwright, but Brad Arthur has history where he, you know, he gets his edges. You know, they're on the cheap. They're pretty much journeymen or they're you know rookies, and they leave the club on big contracts. And you know, I thought maybe um, Jury might leave after a year or two years. You know, like he might get a big deal. But hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Cartwright ends up getting a big deal. And when I say big deal, like I'm talking three year deal and a starting position elsewhere. So yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up the chat there on that game because we'll be soon turning around to another Thursday night game. Uh, but with, before we get there, there was um, some joy to be had in the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup reserve grade and also in Jersey flag. But first with the New South Wales Cup, Eels 22, Penrith 16, Hayes Dunster going over, Mitch Rain, Miller Stephen and Joshua Minhinick and Rankin 3 from 4 off the boot coming from a half-time de- deficit. So how did you see this one, Ham? Did you get out there early? Uh, yeah, so I got. I was walking in the stadium as Hayes Dunster scored his try of the night. Um, it, you know, as it's, it was the same as first grade. Like Penrith were probably the better team, um, but Parramatta just kept holding onto the ball. Like completed at a high percentage, just got to the kick, did really well there, uh, and then a few flashes of brilliance from uh, Jake Arthur and Arthur Miller Stephen. Uh, they combined. You see it on the highlights, like. Inch perfect, perfect, absolute perfect timing. And then Miller Stephen flew through for his try after a grubber kick and then um, kicked it, towed it through for a Joshua Min- Minhinick try. Uh, really impressed with AMS at the in the back there again. The way he's just stepped up, it's just been, it's, you know, I was expecting to uh, stay the year in flag, but you got to keep him in New South Wales Cup. And I think if he can develop that passing game, so he's a potential fullback in first grade. He's he's quick. He's a big body. He's a very good talker in uh, defence. Runs the ball well. Like really good timing. Really good smart footy player too. Put him puts himself right place at the right time for things. Uh, so really impressed with him. Uh, as I said, Jake had a hand in three out of the four tries, I believe. Yep. So he's just uh, continuing to grow. Um, you know. People forget he's 21, but I thought my player of the game was uh, Luca Moretti. Yeah, probably the breakout player of the season so far for us, hasn't he been him? Oh, just I, – I, I never thought I'd see it. You know, he was, was average, probably below average last year, if I'm honest. Well, we, we just didn't see consistent stretches in last year because he was always nicked up, but yeah. he's been healthy to start this year, and, geez, he's made a difference. Been able yeah, to play middle and edge. the ball, running hard. Um, yeah, just looking here. In his couple of games, averaging 130 meters already this year, 90 percent tackle efficiency, eight offloads in four games. Like I, th- I reckon, most of them would have come out from this game as well. He would just seem to be offloading at like three. It seemed a lot more than that. I don't know about those stats there, but he's been also he's been averaging the performer. Was that seven? No, no. He's averaging a couple of tackle breaks a game too. So he's been effective with the ball in hand, 
being good defensively. Even in that loss we had against Newtown a few weeks back where we got dusted up in the second half, I thought he could hold his head up high in that one. And, you know, it's just good to see him consolidating on that. But uh, this win was just, like you said, Ham, a very strong team performance. And it really was the tone setter for the Parramatta Eels across flag, NRL, and Cup. That was sort of the motif of which we played the entire or the entirety of our senior grades this week was just tough team performances. Yeah, tough. Hold the ball, complete your sets, get to the kick, make Penrith work it off their own line. And, you know, we won this game by six, but that's all you need to beat them by. Good to see Jonte get the call as well. I thought he didn't look out of sorts in this grade. Yeah. Oh, Jonte, everyone's off the back fence. So, you know know what you're going to – and actually, we said it a few years back when Jonte was coming through the SG ball. He had a he had a he had a couple of drops in him per game. Touch wood, I haven't seen a major error from uh, the double hyphen this year so far. Yeah, and, and that injection of youth seems to have done wonders for the team after that slow start. You know, just getting AMS in there, getting Jonte. I mean, Tony's been part of a squad since the first round. He's been very good week in week out. Even this week, he was ultra consistent. Laid the wood on the five eight. My goodness, there was a good hit late in that game from him. Uh, which uh, really set the tone there. But, yeah, just those young guys have come in and done a fantastic job. Um, AMS, Ham, he's not been named this week, which I know is a bit of a spoiler for later. I assume it points towards an injury, so hopefully it's nothing too serious. We have to wait and see because we don't get injury reports, even for the NRL team these days, but especially for the lower grades. So, uh, but, yeah, he's been a real spark plug for him in the reserve grades. So hopefully he can be back soon. All right, and then jumping into the Jersey flag, Eels 18 defeated Penrith to 10. Uh, Matthew Komalafi going over in the eighth minute, followed by Munro and Terrell Williams. There wasn't much scoring to be had in the second half, though. Uh, but Eels up at halftime and prevailing in the end. Ham, 40. Yeah, this was a long, long day out of New Era for us, wasn't it, Ham? Five games. Yeah, uh, yeah I was out there for four, so yeah, I was a I, little bit slack. I, 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 I had to miss the uh, the first game, which was the Lisa Fiola Cup, because I had to go <laughs> rushing my brother around like mad to find a suit because he was uh, a few kilos too big for his old suit. So got there in time for the Tasha Gale and obviously everything after that. Again, we, we mentioned it before, but tough team effort. That was really the uh, the key indicator in this one. Penrith, always a formidable team in the flag as they are in Cup and NRL. And the Eels just wanted it more in this game. Just defensively, incredibly resolute. Some uh, real heads-up football. Uh, Brock Parker, I know him. You're going to talk about it later, so I won't steal your thunder. Uh, but he continues to have a really solid start to this season. He's been just really reliable in attack and defense and showing some serious football IQ. We've got to see Matty Komalafi in a bit of space in this one, Ham, and the boy can fly, which is good to see. Uh, but Lindsay Munro, probably the surprise packet ever since taking over from Arthur Stevens' promotion. There's not much of him, but he makes it work, doesn't he? Oh, just, as you said, very slight. Um, but just, again, like, he's quick. He's a good talker in defense. To me, those are like, as a fullback, Having someone that talks at such a young age is, is so vital. So the fact that he's setting defensive lines at this point in his career, he might be a bit small, he might not make first grade, but he's a footballer. Like he's 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 very yeah. And he jumped in the dummy half a couple multiple times, knows when to exploit the run. Um I I'm I'm a fan. I just I really hope that um he can put on the weight uh, organically, naturally, and um yeah, look to a first grade career because you know. The, the way he plays the game and the way he looks, he's got the headband, he's got the moustache, he looks mm-hmm. something, he looks he looks out of the 80s. It's a throwback, isn't it? It's a blast from yeah. the past, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, wonderful team effort here. I mean, it's like one of those performances, you go back and look at it, it's kind of hard to pick out, you know, who really started. I thought Terrell Williams had some nice touches, Matty Komalafi and Lindsay Munro we both mentioned, uh, Brock Parker, Jonte were good, uh, Jock Brazel, tough and defence as always, Nick Lenars, you speak of tough and defence, he cuts them down like the best of them. Uh, but, yeah, no one really jumped out aggressively because it was such a well-rounded team performance. And, yeah, it's a credit to the all the boys in this game that they came away with the win. Yeah, I think that starting forward, Parker, Jonte, Jock, uh, Max Tupo and Nick Lenars there, they, they, they typify how this team plays. They're not, they're not the most recognised in the juniors, but they're tough. They'll work for every minute they're on the field. And they've got a killer attitude. You see Jock and uh, Jock and the Brock and Jock connection. <laughs> Going back to the, so- the Rock, the rock and, and Sock and connection. And connection yeah. But yeah, so we've got the Brock and Jock connection. Their their eyes, as soon as they're on, as soon as they smell that white line, their eyes are not that white line. 
They look at the sideline. Their eyes are rolling in the back of their head. They're, they're maniacs, those two blokes. Like, they are just footy typified for forwards. Max Tupo, great line. Nick Lenars, just he's got his race stone. And he's, he's you, stone. you talk about yeah, the, the aggressiveness, but also the IQ too, because Brock in that game had that moment where I think it was Peter Tateo, the former Eel, gets, yeah, gets caught for an a, um, Had an obstruction, poten- potential obstruction, so he uh, surrendered. Brock straight in for the ball, stripped it, and gave Parramatta. This was on a, a, on a goal line to go situation too. Penner for attacking our goal line and just a heads up to get in there and dispossess him. Fantastic football IQ. Let's jump over to the Lisa Fiola Cup. So Eels undefeated in this competition, 28 over Penrith's four try scorers, Aliana Toya Alemalo, Petrez, Sekold, Sufan Ellis, and goals Henderson and Jones. So again, goal kicking not being the major um, factor in that game. No, no, yeah. Goal kicking not a huge factor in this one. And this uh, Lisa Fiola team continues on press. This is probably their most difficult outing of their short circuit, but yeah, too good. Uh, and yeah, really, really excited to see what they're going to do next year as they transition into the Tasha Gale. Very promising group of our young girls here. Then jumping into the Tasha Gales, which saw the Eels prevail twenty prevail rather twenty four to over the Panthers six. Uh, Bell getting over Tui, Peden, and Bell. Oh, sorry, there's the two bells. There's two bells. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the goal kicking Bell got a try as well. Um, so Alicia, four off the boot there. Yeah, this was – Penrith started this one real fast, mm-hmm. um, come out to really put a statement on Parramatta, just stuck to it, stuck to their processes. Uh, you know, the, the play that sticks out to me – well, I mean, you're going to look at the try scorers and points. Alicia Bell, just incredible goalkeeping. But Talara Bamblett, whenever she gets her bo- hands on the ball, she's running, she's scheming, she's, she's quick, you know – bit undersized but I don't think in NRLW or that that should matter too much but you put her with uh, uh, someone that can kick she's you know that that's probably that's probably her only weakness at the moment is is a kicking game as a half and that's why the Beckett combination worked so well last year yeah but yeah, yeah Talara's probably the she's my standout in this team uh, the, the centers were very strong this one too I thought uh Tui and Pearden so then, oh, Lindsay too. Oh, completely. Yeah, every time she runs the ball, geez, you know, it takes three or four to tackle her. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we always mention her because you almost can't. But Alicia Bell was an absolute superstar off the boot. Uh, just the conversion she hit in this game, they scored in the corner pretty much every try, and she just drilled them. And just the the parochial home crowd really appreciated it too. They were going roaring and banging the stands and really appreciating you know the special. Fact that there's a goal kicking, so really good to see the girls get back on track after that uh, unfortunate loss to the Cronulla Sharks. It means that with a tough matchup to face in the final round of the regular season, they do control their fate and they do have a little bit of wiggle room if they do lose to Canterbury in the final round. So big result, uh, but now they've got to get the job done against Canterbury. Yeah, it's a shame that um, New South Wales Rugby League doesn't have goal kicks as uh, highlights because watching Alicia Bell goal kick, like, it's, it's a highlight every every week. She's, I'm going to say, one of the best goal kickers going around at the moment, including NRL, reserve grade, jersey flag, whatever competition. Her strike rate has to be like genuinely elite, doesn't it, Ham? It'd be 90% above. Then, unfortunate news in that Matt's and the ball, who are flying quite high, but uh, Matt's going down 22-16 against the Panthers. Ferugia, Uta and Mugatudi are going over. Perugia two from three off the boot. Um, so that'll leave them in third place on the ladder with one to play next week against the Roosters uh, where they can secure a spot in the finals. Yeah. This talk about heartbreakers. Uh, the Eels did very well to overcome the first half deficit in this game. Their forward pack rallied magnificently. They were completely dominating the second half. Were on the goal line for chance to take the lead with just under three or four minutes to play. And uh, I think it was uh, Fungalele who went for the big cutout pass and it just got eaten up by the winger, Harry Walt, who finished off a hat-trick with that 90-metre run from the intercept. Absolute backbreaker. But, I mean, it doesn't detract from the fact that the boys rallied really well as a team. Penrith, again, always strong in these grades. But, uh, yeah, this one's going to hurt them because it was 2v4 and I think they end up slipping to thirds. That wasn't like a, a catastrophic loss, but it makes finishing in that top two that much more difficult now. Yeah, it was, it was really unfortunate because... I think, yeah, so they'd scored 
and they'd marched upfield. I can't remember if that had a penalty or whether – no, I think they would have had to have had a penalty. There was a penalty because um, I, I think it was uh, Zadis and Ocean had strong carries at the start of the set, picked up a penalty, and we uh, went on the attack and, yeah, and the rest Yeah, is- and unfortunately, you know, you look at it with hindsight and everything, you don't know what goes on the field. But if they went through the hands, they score and win. And it just felt like at that point That's in the game, if they just taken the tackle down the edge and gone back with the forwards, they probably cross anyway because the yeah. forwards were absolutely smashing Penrith. Yeah, because they were, especially in that second half, you had Ocean, Josiah uh, Funaluta seemed to be getting 20, 25 metres every Jordan run. Uta. Yeah, I just it's unfortunate, but it's a good learn, you know, at this late in this, at this stage in the game, um, they're going to be a finals team. Whether they finish, wherever they finish, it doesn't really matter. I, I think they're a, still a premiership, not, maybe not favourites, but, the, you know, maybe losing this game will tell them more and show them more um, about how they should be playing because Penrith, I think it was their number 10, was just massive. Big unit, you know, big human crop. being, yeah. You know, so if they can take it to blokes like him, or they're, they're a big team across the park, Penrith, they can take it to a team like that that are outsizing them, that they've just got to make smarter decisions. And then, as we touched on in the SG ball, uh, unfortunately, not like first grade, they just couldn't hold on to the ball here. Penrith prevailing 42 to the Eagles 14. Oh, I'll let you tee this one offhand because it was this was a tough one. Sorry, what game was that? I was just distracted oh, for a second. Oh, I'll jump in there, sorry. So SG ball, uh, yeah, Penrith... This was a weird one because Penrith obviously scored a whole ton of points here, but a lot of them came off kicks. Uh, a couple of them were pretty lucky too with deflections going the way of the Panthers. One of them was sensational, honestly, with an overcooked bomb in the in goals uh, saved by an incredible... And Superman. Yeah, Superman yeah. dive. Like That was actually an incredible individual effort from whoever scored it for the Panthers. But yeah, you, Ham was talking to me and the other fellow was just before we recorded, and this one you can just see in the tail of the tape. Eels had a sub-40% possession and 50% completion. You put those two different factors together and you're never winning a game. You know, if you've got a territory, a possessional uh, disadvantage and you combine that with an inefficiency to complete your sets, you're going to get absolutely murdered and that's what the scoreboard said. Uh, really unfortunate too because we got to see the boys, well, but they got they got reinforcers back in one regard, Ham. The back line looked a lot stronger but then they lost a lot of middles this week. No Sam Tuavati, no Lance Fulima, no LeBron Tuala. Uh, LeBron, who we think is out for a while now, uh, but we're expecting Lance and Sam back, which will help the team. But they got back uh, Richard Penasini and then uh, Blaze Talungi. And Blaze, you know, show, showing to how stacked they are in the playmaking department, got pushed into the centres. And I thought he actually did a wonderful job, Ham. Uh, he, hey, got, he got heavily he got involved. better as the game went on. Yeah, he got consistently involved, had some great runs. Uh, got to see his playmaking chops in, in terms of finishing movements down his edge. Uh, but, you know, didn't get to play on both sides of the field. Uh, it was a little bit more hot and cold for Richard. Uh, he had some great moments, but also got cooked once for a try, uh, which is to be expected after you've missed a month of football. So he'll be better next week. But as a team, this is the second time they've had a second half lapse against one of the other big dogs in this competition, obviously earlier this year against the Raiders being the other time. And they've got one more week to tune up before the final. So I don't know how much they can do to fix that between now and then. They're going to get troops back this week and troops back into uh, more troops back into the finals if they get that far. Uh, but... Yeah, they've, they've got to do a lot better than this. And this is just a game I think you just got to – I don't know what you take out of the review, Ham. I think you just move on from it because there's not much you're going to get from it. Yeah, just simple, hold the ball. That's that's all yeah. the coach can tell them yeah. because they're a very talented team. Um, the teams that have beaten them are first and second. Uh, I, you know, they've lost big in those games, but that's. I think it was more uh, mental rather than them being outplayed or outclassed. I think, you know, if they hold that ball, they're in the contest the whole time. Um, I th- they could they probably come out winners eventually. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're outplayed, outplayed or outclassed. So they've just got to hold that ball and they'll get on top of 95% of the time. Okay, well, that was the round that was in Eels football. Let's jump into the news, which says Clint Gutherson has been sacked and will no longer play <laughs> as fullback for the Parramatta Eels. That's what I've been told at work. So. It's, it's been a dramatic, <laughs> dramatic 24 hours, hasn't it, for this story as it's transformed and transformed and taken on several different iterations from, yeah. I, mean, I think we should play out what actually happened. I assume it was Brad Arthur's like, look, we're going to get in somebody to fill out top 30. We've got a couple of spots open. We're going to go for the best player on the market, and that might be somebody complaining where in the back line. And we're just letting you know, Gutho, because it could be a fullback, somebody that plays fullback as well. What do you think? 
I'm happy for anything that you guys want to do that'll help us win. I want want to win games. Go get the best player you can. And which since then morphed into Gutherson has been told he is surplus to requirements and then has been walked back in the next, the last couple of days. But the the latest, and you know, you, you don't know how much you can actually believe anything that's been said about it at this point, given how much has changed in the last 24 to 48 hours, is that we're looking at Jaden Campbell and the other bloke, uh, Dane, is it Dane Laurie? Dane Laurie and, yeah, among other players, but they're the, they're the ones that have been most publicly linked. It was well, funny. Which grub was it that admitted to making up the Moses to the Roosters? River? Oh, yeah, that was um, on one of the uh, podcasts, wasn't it? There was one of the journos that yeah. said for a lark they decided to invent the Moses to the Roosters rumor. And obviously, are you sure they didn't just do that for um, for his uh, his player agent? I assume the player agent uh, asked him to do that and maybe gave him a little bit of cash to do it too. Could have done, but either way, to make up a, a rumor like that's that's grubby, like. As James Graham said, we just splice what James Graham said in here. Call them little bitches. They are. They're little James, like James Graham. The whole, the whole NRL media scape. The whole main. Like they're all little grubs. I hate them all. That's why you listen to the Para podcast. You find your other podcasts. You listen to your little ones. This is real NRL news. Listen to us. Tell your friends. Listen to us. We're, <laughs> we we don't make up fake stories. It was funny seeing the likes of Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk absolutely ripping into the eel, saying they're idiots for moving on from Gufferson, uh, looking for an X-Factor player, and then the story transforms, and it's like, oh, yeah, Gufferson had the conversation with Brad saying, you know, uh, we want depth and quality. Go, Can you go get someone? Even if it's a fullback, I don't care. We'll make it work. So <laughs> it's, uh, but that's, the, that's the problem with these talking heads. Someone makes up a, a quote, and then the other talking head's talking about that quote. Like it's all it's all just insular, it's circular. It's all it's all boring. But yeah, I mean, it's no surprise we have three roster spots open, boys. Uh, it's quite clear the Eels have been looking for a quality contribution or contributor uh, in the mid-season market. The question is, can they find it? Obviously, Campbell, Laurie, they bring you speed and evasiveness. Uh, I don't know if they're the missing piece of the puzzle. You could always take an extra middle or two. Uh, we're getting a bit more value about bench in recent times, but. You know, we're always, you know, you're one injury away from being a bit shallower there. So you can never have enough props. That's right. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, and then who knows how the market turns because player contracts are just worth nothing these days on both sides from the player side and from the club side. And what, you know, was a ironclad contract, you know, one day ago suddenly becomes a, there's a secret clause or just, you know, mutual parting of the way. So maybe Mark O'Neill and the recruitment retention committee can work some magic here. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, even even a Dane Laurie, I think, could do pretty well in our system. Uh, you know, as a I don't know if he'd be the super utility guy, but maybe as like a spark bug off the bench. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it feels like the bar got set stupidly high because of all the Gufferson drama. Like, if you're going to replace Gufferson, it's got to be a superstar, but you're never going to find a superstar. And then the you know the bar got set a bit lower because of the links to Especially round five. Yeah, like when exactly. all but one team is expecting to play finals. Yeah, yes. Uh, I mean. You could do worse. You could sign Aaron Woods mid-season. Oh my! God. What is what is going on there? What is and going give up on two youngsters and uh, for a washed-up, you know, has been or something like. And then for Moses Sawyer to come out and say he didn't want to come to the track and see. They're just yeah, uh, they they can deal with those problems. <laughs> crazy stuff from Manly Dragons there. So yeah, is there anything else actually in the newsroom? Jack Whiten dropping that bombshell on the uh, Raiders, talking about he's going to... That just sounds like he wants an upgrade on the end that, of the That do be yeah. sounding like he wants the, the extra year or the extra 100K added to his contract. Um, all, he, all he's missing is saying, I want to play fullback. That's that's the way to get paid a million dollars a year, <laughs> essentially. Like, you look at, I don't know, Crichton wants to play fullback, uh, Joey Marley... Maybe he wants probably. to go to the Union. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. With Swali'i, the tribal chief, going to Union, that was. Something. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. I'm going to call. I reckon Nathan Cleary goes to rugby. I mean, his uh, his big idol was uh, what's his name, wasn't it? Dan Carter, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess also, I just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that you know, I, I mean, there there was a report, but I, I think they'll throw nearly two million dollars at him. I don't. And- Signed for two years or something. I don't think the term done at all is right for Cleary, but he's done plenty in the game at his relatively young age. So I could see him maybe because uh, the cap pressure is going to get the penalty at some point, even with the players they're losing. Uh, and Cleary could end up being the guy who just says, you know what, I'm going to walk, go to Union and get paid, play a World Cup. 
So. I mean, if if the the people at rugby union in Australia, or whatever, were watching our game, maybe Moses, but he's tied down for you know that that kicking game. He kicked over a thousand meters, like. That's well, pretty handy in Union. Cleary would be very good at Union. Like, no no joke in terms of his kicking game and ability to run the ball and defend. So I could see why the ARU would covet him. But, yeah, the, the, that's on them to spend the money. And if they're going to make our competition weak, like as in the Parramatta's competition, not the NRL, weaker at, at our benefit, so be it. You know, I'm not going to complain too much. Okay, let's jump ahead to the upcoming round of football. Um, is the Fiola Cup on this weekend? I thought it was game four we're up to, but it's not listed on the... Um uh, yeah, they're playing yeah, the Bulldog playing at, at um, yeah, that's one at nine a.m. and that's Saturday. Yeah, yes, wait, thank you. And the Tarshigal got moved. Yes, to later in the day. No, so they, got, they got moved to Sunday. I'm pretty certain. Okay, well, on the Eels website, it has a three p.m. on Saturday. So obviously, <laughs> that's also being played at Belmore um, sometime over the weekend. And let's start with the mats, 11.30 a.m. at Kellyville on Saturday, 1st of April. So uh, we can either finish top two or we could miss out on the finals altogether. Can we? Um, that's what it says on the Eels website. The Eels sit in third place in the highly competitive Harold Mats Cup and could still qualify for the top two or miss out on the finals altogether. No, they can't. They're at four no, wins and the Dogs and the Roosters are at seven wins. And yeah. Steelers and Sharks play each other. There you are. Somebody at Parramatta Eels has not done their math correctly. Uh, <laughs> Central Coast Roosters, they're up against. And that'll be followed at Kellyville Park by Eels against the Storm at 1.30pm. So the Storm in bottom place, we've got a good chance here to knock up the two points. Yeah, you've you got to win this one, surely. Uh, you know, and win big. You know, that, that won't make up any ground on the for and against, but knock out the cobwebs, blow a team off the park... You know, when when you go up against the Storm, you look at them. Um, I hope it's like when we played uh, the West Coast Pirates a few years back. We scored like ninety eight points, but we didn't overplay our hand. We just controlled the ball, got to our kick, and just through our class, and that's how we scored the ninety eight points or whatever it was. This is what I'm expecting for, or this is what I'm hoping from this game. And then let's jump into the flag. So eleven thirty. Oh, and also just before oh, we start, just before. Uh, Number 11, Dickie Terrapo for the Melbourne Storm. <laughs> I wonder Good if he's in relation. Good rugby league name. Is he a cousin of Will? What? Is he a, co- is he a cousin of Will Pinacini? Dick Te- Dickie Terrapo might be a cousin oh, sorry. of... Uh... <laughs> Richard, I'm sorry. That's might a bad be... joke, don't worry. Might be a cousin of Penny. <laughs> I don't oh, know yeah, about... Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Flake, 11.30am on Saturday the 1st of April at Zymes Park. Where's Zymes Park? Horrible. I okay. looked it up yesterday. I was yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder where that is, and it's nowhere, middle of nowhere. Yeah. So the big loss from this game is uh, Matthew Komalafi, who's getting going up to um to reserve grade. So, um, what do you guys reckon in in this competition? It's hard. The Dragons haven't won a game. So. Yeah, they come into this game winless. Uh, but the challenge for the Eels is playing that, continuing to play that disciplined team brand of football, which. You know, when you're in the flow, you can do, but it's always difficult to maintain. And losing Matthew Komalafe is a big out because he's just so reliable on both sides of the ball and was really warming to things in attack with, uh, you know, getting into a bit of open space and attacking. Uh, so, yeah, going to be interesting to see how they handle life without him. Lindsay Munro probably looms as the key man again, probably the most dangerous player in the team in terms of attacking for the ball in hand and in support. And, yeah, I don't know, travelling is always tough, so... Hopefully they get the job done. They should get the job done, but you can't take it for granted. Uh, sorry, the Dragons have had one win and one bye and one loss. Did they? I thought they were winless coming into this one. That might be the New South Wales Cup. Oh, maybe it's the Cup, yeah. You're right. It will be the Cup. It is the Cup. It is the Cup, yeah. Well, segueing into the Cup, which we'll see 3.10pm also. Oh, no, this one's at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Um, 1st of April. I don't know why they wouldn't just play them. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't try and figure it out. It just hurt your head. Um, all right, so the outs, Arthur Miller-Steven, you said he might have some sort of injury? Yeah, well, given that... I, assume so. I didn't see any uh, suspendable plays in that game against Penrith, uh, and the fact that he was doing so well would just point towards the fact he got he picked up an injury somewhere, so hopefully it's not serious, but we'll have to wait and see for the coming uh, rounds, I suppose. All right, and Min Hinnick steps out, so... Uh, with Isaac Lumi-Lumi going to fullback, Matthew Komalafi coming in on the wing, Dunster on the other wing, uh, Dejan Arcee's getting another run, Zach Sini's there. And then the rest of the team looks pretty similar with Kyle Rodwell starting prop. 
Good to have Kai back. Boost the forward pack, obviously. Um, actually, pretty well-balanced forward pack now. Ogden, Rodwell, Matteoli, Kier, Moretti is a good starting five there. Mitch Rain, uh, working well with Jaden Yates is the dummy half pairing there. So, good pack. Happy to see Matty up there, mate. Uh, boys, I think he's in good form. And this is where he probably needs to spend most of the season. Honestly, the Eels need to know what he's got. So, get him up here and keep him up here. Isaac Lemmy Lemmy at fullback is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought we would have gone RC there. Well, I feel like that that must indicate they just want to keep RC specialised as centre. Yeah, uh, like I just think I, he's not getting his hands on the ball enough. I think he's a spine player. I just I, I feel yeah. like if we pop him in the spine, that's where we'll see. But the best that, that that must mean that their primary concern is having him as game ready at centre as possible, because that would indicate that he's probably the first drop centre then, uh, behind yeah. behind Wanga and Will. So the priority would be to keep him game sharp at centre. Because, yeah, Lumi Lumi doesn't strike me as a, I mean, not as a modern fullback, maybe as a classical fullback of a guy just, you know, popping up in support. He can do that pretty well. Come here and see how he works with Jake Arthur because Lumi, Lumi Lumi does have some wheels and Jake has got a pretty good attack and kicking game. So maybe they can put something together there. Um, I guess the big name from this is Mamacia falling to the bench in reserve grade after pretty much, um, I, sh- I thought we showed our intention in the trial game to have him starting on the edge. Well, um, So he's got a bit of work to do yeah, to get back while, into the first grade. Well, that is frustrating to see from a team health perspective. Obviously, he's not in the best form. You do have to respect the coaching staff for picking the best starting players. Luca Moretti deserves that starting spot. Uh, Tony Mattielli's been outstanding on his edge. Dan Kier's rock solid. Ogden and Rodwell were the best starting middles. So they're, they're going with the guys that deserve to be starting, and you can't complain about that. Not not that you're saying you are complaining, Hamish, but yeah, it leaves Jiro a lot of work to do, though, doesn't it? Going from he's playing, just, he's just been a non-factor in every yeah. game I've watched him play. Yeah, going from playing NRL and getting the look in in the primary trial as the starting back rower uh, to uh, yeah to being the second last man picked in New South Wales Cup. So yeah, it worked, dude. Bit of work to do to regain the trust for first grade mm-hmm. and even reserve grade, I guess. Um, yeah. So, as we touched on earlier, starting again on the Thursday, opening the round five action, 8 p.m. out at Arlian Stadium. I got the tickets out there to go um, check out the new stadium. Haven't been there. Um, oh, uh, ma- make sure no one tall sitting in front of you. And, and make sure it's not one game. of those. There'll uh, be nobody there. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> non obstructed, obstructed views. Yeah, my old man was asking if we could go sit over in the rooster section, and I said, is there one? Um, yeah. Make sure you're not wearing any ripped jeans, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, dear. So the rooster's coming off a bye, so this is the third team in a row we play coming off the bye, and they line up like this. James Tedesco at fullback, Tupo and Jackson Paulo on the wings, Drew Hutchinson and Suale in centres, Luke Keery, Sam Walker in the halves, Warrior Hargraves, Lindsay Collins in the starting props. Brandon Smith at 9, Egan Butcher, Nat Butcher in second row, Victor Radley at 13, Jake Turpin, Nafua White, Corey Allen and Fletcher Baker on the bench, Ben Thomas, Parker, Sandon Smith, Suat Wong and Ellie Elzekerham, an old eel standing there in the reserve bench. For the eels, we have Clint Gustin at fullback, Maker Sevo and Bailey Simonson on the wings. Will Penasini, Wonga Blake in the centres, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Uliramu Greg gets the call up to replace a Junior Palo in the starting 10, Josh Hodgson at 9, Bryce Cartwright, Ryan Madison in the second row, Jermaine Hopgood at 13, Matt Dury, Brendan Hans, Jack Murchie, Makahesi Makatoa on the interchange bench and Jake Arthur, Jeremo Masia, Ogden, Mataeli and Hayes Dunster on the extended bench. Junior Paulo obviously out due to that. Um, he only got two weeks, which I thought was quite fortunate. Yeah, um, a rare judiciary win. Yeah, rare judiciary win, especially with someone like Junior who's had some awful run-ins with the MRC in the judiciary. We take those. Yeah, well, just going back to that, and I know we'll move on from it in a sec, but it, he was trying to sort of jump over his own players' legs at the same time as well, and I think that was half the reason he left his feet. Um, and I know you can't stick out your arm like that, and it was going to be bad, um, but I think there was some factors that, that went in his favour. It wasn't one of those front-on ones where somebody just, like, completely out of control jumps and... and yeah, I, I agree, but- he left his feet for self-preservation, not to get his ankles absolutely destroyed by the whiplashed player coming around. Uh, and then even the high contact, his arm didn't go horizontal. It was still vertical. It was just like he happened to hit him very badly in that spot. So fortunate ruling there. But yeah, given some of the 
the fat L's that we've taken when it comes to the uh, MRC and the judiciary, uh, we were due for a break. And we definitely got it's one right there. Huge win. Yeah. Huge, huge. win. Very huge good. Win. About uh, time. With the match officials, we get Grant Atkins, Touch Judge Matt Noyan, and Casey Badger, Jared Sutton in the um, is in the the bunker. Um, Bertie, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, listen, I'm, I'm a bit nervous just because um, I, I said I think I said in my preseason prediction this would be our biggest loss. Just something about um, the Roosters, like they, I know we want we we, we tend to win one and lose one, and you know. Um, I'm 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 just nervous because uh, we did all right. We completed very high. We only had two errors last week. Can we back that up? That's the big question. And I just feel as though I don't know. We might we might get a bit flustered. You know, the the Roosters have a have a decent pack, and um, you know they'll be playing at their home ground. Like I think they'll come out firing, and you know whether or not we can withstand it. Like I don't know. I, I, it's very hard as a Parramatta fan. I expect I expect them to back it up, but. If they put in one of their worst performances, I wouldn't be surprised just because of the high last week and how much it took. Uh, it took a lot of toll on us um, to get the dub, especially in overtime. So, but I will say, I'm um, looking at their bench. You know, in the past years, you know, we've you know we made jokes about you know the salary sombrero. They've got a stacked team, but that bench, you know, it doesn't look doesn't look That's stacked trash. at all. Like we have a like last week we had a trash bench. Not last week, sorry. Last the first three weeks we had a trash <laughs> bench, but. That bench is our bench is way better than theirs. Like it just makes me think like they're so top heavy and I know they're not they don't got Joey Manu, but if it just you know if their game plan is just to kick it to Suwali, you know, I'll be a bit nervous because you know he tends to take a specky on us, but other than that, um I'm not I'm not too scared of them. It's just more us. I'm more worried about us than them, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm I'm tipping a, a close game between us, but uh yeah, a bit nervous. It's uh nice to see that the opposition early round by Backfiring on our opponents for once. Joe Manu not available this game because of that buy. So they're missing arguably their best player, honestly. Uh, I know Tedesco and Swali'i and come other players get plenty of plaudits, but Manu terrifies you as a, you know, whether you're a neutral, the, the fan of a team lining up against him, he is just so damn good. So massive out there for the tricolors. Uh, yeah, Bertie raises a good point about how much can the Eels back up from that game against the Panthers where you play damn near perfect football. Uh, and it takes a toll. Uh, thankfully, it is a seven-day turnaround, which, you know, playing lots of Thursday night football, it'll do it for you. Uh, but, yeah, really interesting to see how the Eels go. Interested to see Wirimu getting the call at starting bookend. Um, I suppose the the natural tendency would have been to go with Makatoa, maybe, to give a guy that can go for that full 20-minute period uh, and then go to rotations. But Wirimu's going to play 10, 15 minutes, you reckon, Try and lock horns with uh, Lindy Collins and Warrior Hargraves, and then they'll whether they go for the Madison reshuffle, or put Dury in or Makatoa in. You know, Arthur's got options in that regard, but uh, Greg will probably have that one stint, and maybe he comes back into the game later. Probably not based on what we've seen, so we'll probably just go fire and brimstone there. But yeah, this is a game where we match up really strongly on paper. I like that Swali'i is in the centres. I feel like that matches up better for us than when he's on the wing because he can just bully a winger in the air. Not to say they can't kick to him when he's in the centres, but it just becomes a bit harder to spot up against back rowers and centres versus just the winger. So hopefully that can negate him somewhat. Uh, do we know if he's playing up against Panasini or Blake, boys? I think it's I, I, I think, I think, it's I think Blake. it'd be right side. So it'd be yeah. Blake, yeah. yeah. He's on their right side. So yeah, it would yes. be then against one. I believe so because from memory, yeah, Drew Hutchison plays left, I think. But then also you say, you know, up against wingers. Last time he was up against Hayes Perham. This week he'd be up against Mike Sivos, and Sivos has actually been actually been pretty good in the high ball. Yeah, he's uh, quite confident uh, getting that running take, hasn't he? So yes, yeah, that, that's a big matchup there, obviously. Uh, and if Wanga locks in, he's actually not bad defensively. It's just when he gets inside his own mind. So hopefully he has a, a strong start to this game. Yeah, on on paper we're we're being boosted by the return of Jack Murchie. Great to see Brendan Hands holding his play, his spot down. Loss of Junior's big, but this is a good a good team. So I'll back us to get the win here. Thoughts, Sam? Yeah, that 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 eight to thirteen. I think um, that's where that's what we've got to be worried about this week was from the opposition, uh, their bench. But then the, both both teams will be looking at the bench and going, if we can sustain that twenty to twenty five minutes, maybe even thirty minutes, if we can sustain, they'll bring their bench on. So that's what both teams are looking at in this game. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Waria Hargraves and Brandon Smith drop back to the bench and they bring on. Uh, Jake Turpin and either White or Baker there to start, so they've got something a little bit different there. Um, but they're, 
Like, yeah, you got Tedesco and Suali'i, but outside of those two, those backs, although Daniel Tupois has a good game against us too, so... <laughs> Um, it's another team their outside backs do a lot of rocking out meters for their forwards yeah. so but they're a much bigger competitive pair they're, like, they're all tall they're all pretty much like basketballers out there essentially you know close to six foot tall so yeah, but yeah I just I look at this Roosters team and it's not it's not the Roosters team of six years ago where you were like oh we're losing this game you know I think that I think we're in with a really good chance here again our team is not built for defense we need to be holding the ball um I'm not too worried about being uh, fatigued after last week's game. They've got the seven-week turnaround um, with the way recovery in sports science is now. Seven-week turnaround. That's incredible. Did Jeez, I say seven they're, not week? Going, they're not going to pile. <laughs> Marty, if we've got a seven-week turnaround, write us off now. <laughs> Seven-day turnaround. I just, I, I, you know, I think we can, if we start early, because they'll, they'll, be, they'll be pushing real hard early because they've had the week off and I think our parameters played four really tough games, they might, if we push them hard early, we'll get them in the, in the back end. So we've got to make sure we hold Mitchell Moses kick to the corners. Um, Dylan Brown run it between Sam Walker and Nat Butcher there because Nat Butcher's is just going to be covering the whole time. So I think we might be able to exploit something on that left-hand side. And obviously before the bye, the last game Roosters played was against Rabbitohs, which was a game they, um, you know, they really get up for with that cross-town rivalry. Uh, so maybe it's helpful for us to 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 not have had that buy and for Roosters to have it so early in the season. I think we've touched on it earlier that you know probably having your buy midway through the year is better than having it in these first couple of weeks. Well, what about our buy? We get the round twenty six buy after playing. Sorry, we get the round twenty seven buy after playing Thursday night football in round twenty six. So we're going to be like two weeks of no football heading into the finals. Crazy. Well, that's that's long, make the of, yeah, a lot of football. Well, to be a lot of football to be played, but like that is crazy. Like that, it's uncharted territory, boys. Um, all right, so just looking at some stats. So last year we split it one and one. Roosters thirty-one to twenty-four in the first game, and Eels coming back twenty-six to sixteen in the second game. That was a uh, at Magic Round, wasn't it? That first one. If you say so, I'm willing to agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Roosters having the wood over us in the NRL era, 24-14. Um, wins and one draw. Um, Bertie, first try scorer, eventual score. Um, I'm going to get first try scorer. I'm going to get Guffo. And, I'm gonna, and then what he's going to do, he's going to take his jersey off. He's going to have a, set, a, a sign of the deep saying, in Posca, you can't replace me. Shove that X factor. <laughs> Uh, look, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm thinking uh, 20 to 18. I just, I just know the Roosters. Like Sam Walker has that one move where it's like the cutout pass that everyone can see. You know, everyone can see except for Sivo. Like, and Wonga Blake, they fall for it. So they'll get a few lucky tries or easy tries. Um, but um, yeah, I think it'll just, you know, it'll come down to a silly penalty. Like Roosters. You know, they're notorious. They like to give up penalties, and I feel as though um, it'll be a crucial. Yeah, but uh, it's penalty. funny how. The most ill-disciplined teams suddenly become very disciplined against Parramatta. I feel like that's a, a trend. So it'll be interesting to see if that stays true this week. Well, who's, who's the referees for this week? Did, uh, did Brent Atkins. Atkins. Atkins and Sutton uh, in the box. Atkins hey, pretty fair. Oh, unless it's a Penrith game, he's not fair. Um, look, I, I just feel as though it, it will come down to something stupid, like a milk job or something. <laughs> like Essentially, like hands might milk a penalty, but... um. Yeah, I feel as though ill-discipline Ill will cost roosters in the end. And um, yeah, first try score Guffo and... Yeah, I feel as though um, Hands will have a Hands will have a decent game. He won't have the exact same game like last week, but it'll be a solid game, and that's all we need from him. And you, forty? I'll go for a more outrageous pick with Parramatta to post a pretty big win, thirty-eight to twelve. Noises. Uh, yeah, you know, you've got to get a little bit outrageous every now and then. Uh, obviously, backing up that win against Penrith in a big manner. If it stays true to my prediction, first try scorer, I go for the much maligned Wanga Blake. Get him over the line first. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to see this play out that way. A big win for the Parramatta boost that for and against, get this campaign rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got the two tries right last week. I just didn't realise Mitchell Moses had re-signed, so he had his kicking boots on. <laughs> um, so I've been pretty close again. Um, and, and I had I had Wanga Blake as first try last week. If he was chasing through instead of Cardi, buddy Wanga Blake would have scored. So um, this week, first try scorer, I'm going Bryce Cartwright. Um, an eventual score will be Parramatta 19 to the Roosters 10. And for me, I've got us winning 26-20 with first try scorer, Maka Sibo. We'll see if he can track Tedesco again. 
<laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> actually, actually, one of Voss's all-time calls as well. That particular moment. Call a what was it? Call a priest. Call an ambulance. Call a priest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up there. So um, we've got that win off the board. No more Owen jokes. They are reserved for the Wests Tigers. Juan. 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 Um, and soon to make uh, Dos. Hopefully. All right, guys. Well, cheers. We'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. Please then go, Power. Please.